0: This is Yasmin Mujahid, and you're listening to Serenity, streaming live on One Legacy Radio. Um, uh, today we have a very special show, inshallah, where um, I wanted to ask this question because I think that, uh, you know, as we go through our life, uh, we experience a lot of different things, and those experiences affect us in uh, many different ways. Uh, I think that uh, a lot of us have, have had experiences which actually profoundly change the course of of our life and profoundly change us, uh, internally. Um, and it kind of, if you, if you visualize it and in my mind, I, I personally see it like a, like a, um, like a crossroads where, you know, you can imagine someone on a path, uh, you know, a particular path and they get to a point where now the path splits, or maybe there are many splits to the path and, um, you know, which path that person takes, uh, is affected by a particular experience or something that that, that, that person goes through and it then puts them on a, on a different path. And that different path takes them to a totally different destination. And um, it changes it changes people. Um, you know, people, uh, these life-changing experiences also change us as a person internally. Uh, and so I ask this question to you and, and I ask, you know, um, you to share your stories. Uh, What are those things in your life that, uh, experiences in your life which changed you? Um, In a sense, what I'm asking is what was your turning point? And, you know, when we talk about the concept of a turning point, uh, it really brings us to this uh, deep, deep uh, meaning of the word tawbah. Because the word tawbah, we usually hear this term in it, and it refers to repentance. And that's definitely, um, you know, part of the shades of meaning of the word, uh, the concept of tawbah. But if you go back and you look at the the actual uh, literal meaning of this word tawbah um which we use you know to, to refer to repentance, it it means to come back, to return. Uh tawbah is yatub is someone who was going in a certain particular direction and that person then has a pause, that person stops, uh, and then that person turns around and that person returns and comes back. Uh, you know, we, we think about this, um, one way to imagine this concept is to think of us as, uh, you know, a lot of us r- are try to live our lives in such a way where we actually are running away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And tawbah is really this, you, know, you can just imagine a person running away and it's, it's that moment or, or that point where you pause, you stop. And you turn around and you come back to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and that is, uh, I think it's 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 more than just saying astaghfirullah Allah. It's more than just asking Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala to forgive us, which is, which is obviously something we should continuously be doing. But it's a complete turnaround. It's a return, uh, and it's 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 something that people go through points in their life where. Um, their entire life just changes focus and the orientation completely changes and you come back uh, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm-hmm. That is a very important turning point um, and, it, and it it ends up changing us and I want uh, today uh, inshallah to read your stories of, of those times in your life and what they were um, and how, how you personally were changed. Uh, so I will inshallah begin and I ask you to um, you know, to also share your, you know, feel free to share your stories in the chat box as well. I will try to get to those as well. Um, you know, you, you can email me at serenity at onelegacyradio.com uh, as well as, as sharing your stories in the chat box. So one one listener says, well, the turning point um, had started when I met two people in my life who showed me the real meaning of life and the real toini- turning point was when they left me. Subhanallah, is, um. It's just one sentence but it is very powerful. Uh so this person is sharing um this story where um you know it was somebody that you met or rather in this case um this person met two two people who showed them the meaning of life and then the real turning point was when they left. And you know I I, I think um you know two of uh two of the pieces which I've written which uh, probably end up, you know, they, they, they're they probably some of the, you know, two of the most personal, um, you know, writing pieces that I've ever written. And one of them is called Why Do People Have to Leave Each Other? And then the second part is People Leave, But Do They Return? And, you know, it's it's interesting, because it really gets at the heart of that question is why, first of all, you know, the, the question of, of um, you know, certain people coming into our lives for a particular purpose, and then you know what happens when they leave, and why does that happen? And you know, one of the interesting things that that you'll you'll see is that um, when 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 things come into our life and they change us, or maybe they came into our life and then when they left, it changed us. It really does help us. Uh, it really shows us the the you know put, puts things into perspective uh, because sometimes things are taken away from us in order to bring us back to. That point where we were supposed to be, uh, we 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 tend to depend on those gifts that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala gives us, and s- sometimes those gifts come in the form of people in our lives, and sometimes those gifts are um, our health, or family, or um, you know our um, our money. These are these are gifts that Allah gives us, and sometimes it's um, when those gifts are given to us, we become so dependent on the gifts themselves. That we actually forget the Giver, and this happens a lot with human beings. We, um, you know, God gives us money, and we start to depend on the money instead of on Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala as the provider. We start to uh, put our trust and dependence on the money itself to provide for us, or or our job, or our boss. And we forget that it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who's actually protecting us and who is actually providing for us. He is al-razaq. It isn't the money and it isn't our job and it isn't our boss. Uh, But we become dependent on those things. And those are called false dependencies. So what happens is um, sometimes those things are taken away from us. The false dependencies are taken away so that we can depend on the true dependency. And that's the source, which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It also happens with other gifts in our lives. For example, the people in our lives. Um, It's very, very easy to become dependent on the people in our lives. Um, When you have a friend or you have a spouse or your parents or your children, um, in different ways we start to depend on these people um, in the sense of of ultimate dependency, right? We we feel like um, we need those things, otherwise we can't continue or we can't do certain things in our life um what happens then sometimes is that those also those false dependencies are taken away from us and uh as you see in the, you know in the story um that this listener shared it you know it, her, her turning point was when these people were taken actually away from her when they left uh that, that they're almost as though these gifts they serve as a, they serve a certain purpose um they are not the ends themselves but they you know it, it's more like a tool and um, in, in, in a means in, to enable us to get where we need to be. And and sometimes that requires people coming into our life and sometimes it requires people leaving. Um, sometimes it requires getting the gift and sometimes it requires taking the gift. Um, another story that someone shared, i um, go ahead and read this. In the summer of 2006, I was at an extremely low point in my life, lost and confused I turned to an older cousin of mine who I trust for advice. He suggested I get away for a while and change my scenery. So my little sister and I took a vacation to Lebanon. Things were going very well until war broke out between Lebanon and Israel. It was at that time that I learned how to pray, how to fast with my whole being and not only my stomach, the beginnings of good character and my whole Uh, the beginnings of good character, and many other principles of Islam. I left like a newborn baby. All the while, there was a war going on uh, beside us, and we had to evacuate through Syria by bus. We had been lied to by the ticketing agency, thinking we had tickets from Syria to the U.S. We were actually on a hopeless waiting list, behind dozens of families that were sleeping on the floors of the airport, this was one of the biggest blessings in my life. My aunt and uncle in Abu Dhabi flew us out to stay with them until we could find a flight home. My uncle, may Allah bless him and preserve him, taught me many a hadith and sharpened my understanding even further. When I returned to the US, I was like a new convert to Islam. I started attending halaqahs, um, classes, classes and blessings, uh, and blessed gatherings that taught me so much. I spent one week in Atikaf during the last 10 days of Ramadan and realized that I learned more in that one week than in the nine months I had spent in a behavior modification program in Mexico years before that. SubhanAllah, another um, you know inspirational story about how uh, an event in one's life that no one would ever wish for, right? Um, this is, you know, this is being, this is a situation that, you know, if you think about it, you would never wish for such a situation or to be in that type of difficulty. But it actually ended up uh, changing the course of this, of this, of this person's life. And, um, you know, had it not been for these things um, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had planned for this person, um, they may not have changed internally and had, had gotten the opportunity to learn more about their faith. And you know, subhanAllah, this is a a deeper lesson that um, the things that sometimes bring us back to Allah, this whole process of tawbah and return, are sometimes things that um, they are not in and of themselves enjoyable things. Um, You know, you think about, you go to the doctor and there's always this fear, a child goes to the doctor and like, um, I took my kids to the doctor, and like every two seconds, they're asking the doctor, "Are we gonna get a shot?" You know, there's this fear of this, of this prick, of this pain, and yet it's like uh, that shot, right, from the from the parent's perspective, is intended to strengthen the child. Right? It's called a vaccine, um, and and but but from the perspective of the child, it's just a prick, right? And it's painful, um, and so and so the child is just terrified of it. And, and, and yet it, it ends up being, you know, supposedly for their own good and to, and to strengthen them. And, you know, this is the way we are as, as adults, as human beings. We're, we're so afraid of the prick. We're so afraid of these things that, that are not pleasant. And yet these things end up being what save us or what cure us and what make us stronger. Um, inshallah what I'll do now is I'll take a short break and when we return we will be opening the phone lines um, and I'll give you the number that um, now the number is 7149888182 Assalamu alaykum. This is Yasmin Mujahid, and you're listening to Serenity, streaming live on One Legacy Radio. We are talking today about turning points and about those points in our life when a life experience changes us uh, forever, that changes us internally, changes the course of our life. And, and um, I'm, I'm asking today uh, to hear your stories. Uh, we do have the lines open. Uh, the number again is 714-988-8182. We really want to hear from you. We want to hear your voice. Um, inshallah, do call in. Again, that number is seven one four nine eight 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 one eight two. And the question that we're, we're talking about today is: we're sharing the stories about turning points, uh, the idea of of tabba, of coming back to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, or just any you know that 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 sort of life-altering change that happened. What was the spark for you? What was that experience? Um, that that really that really changed you, uh, and so we're sharing stories today. Um, and uh, one person uh, wrote in the chat box that, let's see, my turning point was getting married nine years ago, and then going through the hardship of infertility. Only then I realized people can be so mean and judgmental towards suffering. I survived it with the help of Allah and the love of my husband. Um, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy on you and and reward you for your patience. You know, sometimes you do find in hardship uh, who really has your back. And a lot of times um, you know you you'll find when there's no one else that can can carry you, right? You'll always you'll see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was there all along. Uh, our our problem I think is that there are many veils over our eyes and the the, the sight of our heart is covered by these other distractions and um, these other false senses of, of security, again, um, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, you're you're standing somewhere and you need to, have, you have to hold on to something. You're looking for a handhold, uh, and, and and there may be the true hand that isn't going to break. But what happens is you get distracted by these false handholds, right? And, and and because sometimes the other false handholds actually are decorated and they look really appealing, we hold on to those. And, and, and those come in different forms. They, they they may be our friends, you know, maybe the friends who, who let you down, or um, maybe money or, or your concept of, of status or what it is that we think is going to hold us up, that we think is going to make us happy. Um, and support us and then what happens is those things break and um, you know eventually Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows us to to be brought back to the only sturdy handhold that never breaks this this um this is the sturdy hand that never breaks Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, from Surah Al-Baqarah, that the one who, you know, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only sturdy handhold that never breaks. And everything else, naturally, um, if you put too much weight on it, it breaks. Um, it lets you down. And I and I ask that, you know, that this hardship for you um, will continue to be a blessing um, and be a means of getting you closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, a friend of mine, actually, she she went through like a very intense ordeal uh, with her ch- with her son um, who was just a baby and, and they found out that he had um, a disease in his eye where he actually had to um, get a false eye like the the whole eyeball had to be taken out subhanallah and you know just hearing her talk about this this story and this experience and how it actually ended up being a blessing for her family and how it um, you know it brought her family closer together and her and her child was then um, you know, he was given a, an artificial eye, but it, it, it really didn't even look artificial. And he was able to, you know, continue to, to be, you know, live a, a normal, healthy life. And, and how it ended up bringing them closer to each other and closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, you know, these are things that you, you could never plan, you could never imagine that they would uh, turn out in this way. But um, it does happen. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the, the one who takes care of us in ways that we sometimes uh, could never imagine. Um, again, um, you know your your stories are are ones that we want to hear and we want to share and and inshallah inspire others. Um, the number again is seven one four nine eight 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 one eight two that's seven one four nine eight 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 one eight two We just want to hear your uh, your stories and and you know what are those things in your life that changed you and what were your turning points um, inshallah so um, another story that one of the listeners uh, shared. Uh, says that the only turning point in my life was my divorce and it was only during the tough phase of saving my marriage that I learned more about Islam I learned about pleasing Allah and and what displeasing Him is about it was during the last five months of my marriage that I started wearing hijab my parents protested against but I stood firm and for this was very grateful for one person uh, a well-wisher who Allah sent to me to help me recognize the importance of hijab and salah from that time i started praying my five time my five daily prayers i strove to please allah and kept praying i don't wish to say my divorce was bad since it was since it made me a better muslimah alhamdulillah um, so you know again this is um you know uh, may allah subhanahu wa taala continue to to make it easy on you and to bless you and um, we ask allah that that everything that happens to us even the hard things and even the the, the things that we consider blessings, we ask that all of the experiences that we go through in life um, end up being a means to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, that's, you know, because that's the ultimate objective, is to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, another person shares, I know a man who lost his parents but refused to be called an orphan. Man enough to love a strong woman years older, um, years older than him worked for her and made her stronger. "'opened his heart to her, shared his fears with her, clean, "'cleaned after himself, sewed his clothes, "'and was faithful to her till, his la- till her last breath. "'He was good-looking, courageous, and fearless. "'He never judged anyone on their past or looks "'and was moderate, open-minded, and tolerant. "'His neighbor was Jewish, "'and his cousin-in-law was a Christian priest. "'He was beaten and exiled when he was helpless.' was merciful when he became stronger intelligent wise and a hard worker built a nation out of rivaling tribes in the last 20 years of his life he loved his daughters and granddaughter and grandchildren his last will was one of equ- equality piety and good action this man is the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam a man worth looking up to sallallahu alaihi wasallam thank you for sharing that that you know <laughs> one of the um the, you know when you when you read about or you learn about the, the story of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I think there are parts of his his story that really um you know affect us. Um and I think that there's there's certain aspects of his life which which speak to each of us uh differently. And I, I think that, you know, growing up for me, um we we learn about the the life of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and I think one of the hardest things for me um was the 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 concept of how do we depict our prophets? How do we depict these inspirational, amazing um you know examples from the past, the companions and the prophets? and um and I think that one of the the mistakes I, I believe that we do in depicting them is we depict them as being almost superhuman. Um, and I think that at least for me personally, that makes it harder for me to connect. Uh, when when they're depicted as superhuman. But the Prophet and all the Prophets were actually human beings. And yet Allah subhanahu you wa know, allowed made the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Wasallam the example for us. Uswatun hasana um but you know it, it's interesting how some people you know they relate differently um to you know and are inspired differently and I think for me personally I found that any time i read about the the how he overcame his hardships or um how he was tested in the times of you know the one of the most moving um aspects of the prophet isaiah's uh, life and and you know was was one of the most powerful for him uh, was the year of sadness and i mean for me personally it's it's that aspect of his life that i really connect to and and you know you can Um, you can see like what he went through and yet his concern at the end of the day was always the same and that was as long as Allah is not displeased with me then I don't mind you know after everything he had been through um, you know in the year of sadness he lost Khadija he lost his uncle and these were the two you know his two greatest supporters he lost both of them in the same year and then after that went to Ta'if and was treated so badly and was bleeding and and after all of that his dua is if as long as you are not displeased with me then i don't mind and you know that in and of itself is is such a powerful lesson for us uh you know no matter what he went through uh that was his focus and his concern um and even when you know there was a that at the very beginning when there was a a gap in the revelation and he was worried, you know, maybe that that something that Allah was displeased. And Allah, you know, he, the comfort that Allah gives him is "wa wa idha saja ma wa wa You know, Allah is comforting him and telling him that your Lord has not forsaken you, nor is He displeased with you. Allah knew that this is the the primary concern of the Prophet ﷺ, uh, regardless of what happened to him. That was his focus. Um you know, it, in the Prophet ﷺ is a beautiful example for, for for all of time. And um we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us to truly embody his sunnah um, you know, and and, and, and really live by it. Um and uh you know, when when we, we realize um ultimately that anyone who tries to insult the Prophet ﷺ, can never succeed because the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi will always be honored and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um you know has perfected has has protected his message. So no matter what anyone tries to do to his 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 image or even if um you know people try to, to, to change his sunnah Allah will always protect it and the Prophet will always be honored. Uh, um, Sallallahu alayhi we will take another very short break now. And uh, returning, we will continue to share stories about your turning point and those life experiences that really changed you. As-salamu alaykum. This is Yasmin Mujahid, and you're listening to Serenity, streaming live on One Legacy Radio, uh, we are sharing today stories about uh, profound life experiences and and how they changed us. What was your turning point? Uh, and I ask you to share your stories. You can call in uh, the radio station at 714 seven one four nine eight 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 one eight two um or if you feel more comfortable, you can share your stories in the chat box. Uh, we you know we we, we want to share we want to hear you. Uh, we want to hear your stories. Um, so, Let's see. Um, The chat box, someone shared. um, Someone wrote, heartbroken by my ex-boyfriend. I learned no matter how big your worry and your sin is, is still Allahu Akbar. Meaning God is greater. Um, His forgiveness is bigger. His way out is much more beautiful. Thank you, Allah. Uh, He can just... Um, he, he he guided, I mean he is the one who could um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, Is the one who chooses to guide And you know this this is um, It's an important lesson And thank you for sharing it uh, That no matter what it is No matter what worry you have Or no matter what sin you've committed Allahu Akbar, Allah is greater than it uh, And and that is um, That's an important turning point Is the realization of that Um This person says, um, my turning point was in 2003 when giving birth to my second child. During the labor, I had so many complications and many times they lost the baby's heartbeat. Alhamdulillah, baby was born fine, but I ended up in a wheelchair. My legs stopped working and I was in pain for over six months. I turned to Allah. And isn't that the way we are, subhanAllah, when we are? Um, when we're comfortable, um, when we're when we're on the boat in the middle of the ocean, everything is according to plan. We don't realize uh, that we need Allah. And as soon as you know we those things are taken from us, um, the storm hits. The boat isn't working; it's breaking. Uh, there's nothing to hold on to. Um, even an atheist will turn to Allah in that situation. Um, and it, it's 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 sometimes it's just this human nature. Uh, this need actually to turn to something higher than ourselves and to depend on it. Uh, and so, you know, this is this is not an unusual story that when you are put in that situation, that's when you turn to Allah. And, uh, you know, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to purify us um, and to make our difficulties a a a means of getting near, getting closer to Him, and a means of elevation and a means of purification. I mean... Um, another listener shares that my turning point was coming to Morocco four years ago because my dad got remarried. I had to go to a French school. I was bullied, and I had so many problems at home. People disrespected me because I wasn't beautiful enough. I found inner beauty, and Allah on my search for outer beauty. Um, wow, that's that's a beautiful story. Uh, you know, sometimes you know not having something makes us search. And in that search, we find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another listener writes My turning point was coming. Um, I didn't, uh, rather, I didn't want. Um, my turning point was when I gave birth. Um, and no, no, this is another story actually, um, similar. My baby being born uh, with a severe heart condition, uh, then passing away last month. You really learn that we hold on to things that was never ours. Our family, health, wealth, our loans from Allah. And I learned it was never ours. That is powerful. lillahi wa inna We really truly belong to Allah and to Him we return. Uh, everything that we have, everything that we have doesn't belong to us. It belongs to Allah and it is a loan that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. Uh, Allah gives us these things and then when Allah chooses to take them back we say inna lillahi wa inna May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy on you to bear this loss and may Allah make this loss a means for you to reach the highest level of Jannah, ameen. Uh, we, we are told that those people, those children that, learn, that die in uh, childhood, that they wait outside of Jannah for their parents. Um, inshallah, and wait there until their parents come and they enter together in Jannah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make uh, your child and you among those. I mean, uh, this listener shares, the turning point in my life was the day I took my shahada. I always believed in God, but up until the day I became Muslim, I did not understand what believing in one God really meant. Accepting Islam as a way of life has changed everything I believe in, alhamdulillah. You know, uh, it is, um, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, tells us to enter into Islam wholeheartedly. Uh, This, even just the meaning of Islam, you know, we we use this word a lot but i don't think we we fully sometimes absorb what it really means and the the very root of the, the heart of the, of the meaning the root um you know it, it's it's submission uh that islam a muslim is someone who submits and you know this is why the prophet for example sallallahu alaihi wasallam says that every single human being is born as a muslim the reason is that every child is born in a natural state of submission to its creator. Um, and that it's only as the child grows that that, that child's parents uh, raise that child in one way or another or change that, that natural fitra, that natural inclination, that natural way of being in a state of complete submission to God. Um, this is also why we refer to a person who converts as actually a revert uh, because the, that you know that individual taking the shahada is not coming to something new but is actually returning to the original state, the original natural state of Fitra uh, and that is to be submitted completely and entirely to the one uh, single uh, God. This is our natural state and it's how we were born. Uh, so when we when we leave that natural state and come back to it we're actually reverting. Uh, coming back uh, to La Ilaha Illallah, the Shahada, that really, truly submitting ourselves to only one God. So we are um, we're still opening up the lines. Uh, we have the the lines open at seven one four nine eight 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 one eight two uh we have the chat box open uh we want to hear your your stories uh what was your turning point what are your experiences that 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 profoundly changed the course of your life uh someone shares um in the chat box everyone please pray for me i'm totally broken these days people are discouraging and everybody is pointing um and it seems that everything is getting close me living an aimless life Am not worthy to anyone Please guide me and pray for me um, May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Protect you and guide you And um, you know Be your source of, of support And and inspiration always uh, May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Bless you in this life and the next I think that a lot of people um, Go through points in their life Where they feel this way uh, And it is only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Who guides It is only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Who protects uh, there's a hadith that says that all of us are mis, all of us are are unclothed except those who Allah clothes. All of us are hungry except whom Allah feeds. All of us are are in this state of complete, you know, misguidance. Right? We're we're all lost um, except those whom Allah guides. So we 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 are no different than you. We are all in that same boat of of complete need for our Creator. Um, he is the, the one who guides, he is the one who protects, um, he is the one who clothes and feeds and, and, and provides for. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make uh, your path easy and to make all of our paths easy to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to keep our, our feet firm on his path. I mean, one of the du'as that the Prophet made most often was يَا Al Qulub O turner of hearts, Keep our hearts firm on your deen, on your way, on your faith. Uh, and and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, to, to always do that for us, to keep our hearts firm, uh, to keep our feet firmly planted on the straight path. Ameen. Another listener shares, I am a revert to Islam and I accepted Islam when I was around 14. It was my faith and desire to be close to Allah that actually helped me throughout that phase. I knew nothing about Islam except that I had read Surah Fatiha and the index of the Quran when I knew that this message is true. Allahu Akbar. You know, this story reminds me of another very powerful story of a woman who was born Muslim and... um, she she was born Muslim but she you know she wasn't practicing she didn't really know much about Islam she hadn't read the Quran and she went through her life kind of looking for the truth in different religions she she spent some time as a Christian she she investigated other religions and eventually um I think when she was in her 30s she opened up the Quran for the first time and she just read surah al-fatiha just read surah al-fatiha the surah that we read at least 17 times a day if we're just praying the faraid and she said that she actually fainted, like physically fainted, um, after reading Fatiha. And at the, after that, she absolutely knew that this was the truth. And it just—it just, you know, it shakes you because um, what she read in Surah Fatiha, again, something we read all the time. Um, but she found in that one surah, in those ayat, the answer to the questions that she had been asking her entire life, and it was such a powerful experience for her. Um, that was her turning point. Um, it was such a powerful experience for her that it actually, she actually fainted. She physically fell, uh, fell down. Uh, and you know, subhanallah, this is um, this really, really shows us that there is a very, very powerful message that we have, but. We have neglected it. We have we have put it aside on the shelf, and um, it isn't transforming us as it should be. Uh, these same verses came down to the companions of the Prophet ﷺ and turned them from camel herders and people who would bury girls alive to the best, you know, the best people that walk the earth, the greatest, you know, some of the greatest human beings, those who are promised Jannah. That transformation. It wasn't, you know, wasn't a magic potion. There was no, um, you know, there was, was no miracle that happened. It was the Quran. It was these same exact words that we still have today, and it transformed them like that. These words are extremely powerful, but we've neglected them. We don't, we don't, we don't really, you know, we don't really try to understand. We don't really, even when we read the words of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. We don't read it in the right way. We, we sometimes go to the Qur'an with a heart that's not really ready to accept, with a heart that's not really looking, um, or, or a heart that's really preparing uh, to submit. That's what it means to be a Muslim, is that we we want to know what is God saying so that we can say, truly, we hear and we obey. wa atana. We hear and we obey. Um, this is how we need to approach the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how we need to approach the Qur'an. But if we don't approach in that way, um, it just becomes something that we decorate our walls with um, or, or we put on necklaces. And, and we really have to transform the way that we, we approach the Qur'an and the way that the Qur'an affects us um, and affects our lives. Uh, we will take another short break. Um, when we return, we will continue sharing your stories about your turning point. Assalamu alaikum, this is Yasmeen Mujahid and you're listening to Serenity streaming live on One Legacy Radio. Uh, we are sharing some more stories today about what was your turning point, what was that experience in your life that changed you, uh, and we have uh, a number of, of uh, you know, very powerful stories. We we may not be able to get to all of them, but one of them reads "Salamu alaykum. I didn't always understand the power of Islam until, surprisingly, it wasn't from fear of hell, etc., but rather it was a beautifully uh, beautifully explicit description of jannah which brought tears to my eyes and reminded me of the blessing of my lord and changed me alhamdulillah rabbil Alameen. that is a, that is a that is a beautiful story you know sometimes as children uh, we are taught so much about fearing hellfire you know and um you know if you, you better do this or you're going to get punished or you know god's going to get you and it's 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 too bad that we teach our children in this way because Uh, It isn't the way that Allah teaches us about himself. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that my mercy prevails over my wrath. And how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes himself is how we should teach about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, hellfire is true and Jannah is true. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy prevails over his wrath. We need to teach um, about the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We need to teach our children um, specifically from, from a very young age to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not just, you know, this, this instilling this concept of fear because I think it's very hard for a child to love. See, as adults, I think we become more sophisticated in our understanding and our thinking and we can conceive of the idea of fearing and loving someone at the same time. Uh, but as children, I think it's very difficult uh, to to conceive of that uh, that you're, you know, you're afraid of someone and you love them, you know, someone who's who, who's potentially going to do these, you know, uh, these very, you know, uh, drastic things to me. If I'm bad, I'm also going to be very attached and I'm going to love. It's hard for a child to understand that, and um, you know, as adults we can we can we can have more sophisticated understanding, but as children we really just need to instill the the feeling of love for Allah and the feeling of of desiring Jannah. You know, the children can understand these concepts at their level. Uh, They can understand that, you know, (laughs) in this life, um, they have to first eat their vegetables before they get candy, right? Or they have to, um, you know, have to eat their, their dinner before they can get ice cream. But, you know, Jannah, they can just <laughs> just have the candy and the ice cream without the vegetables. I mean, this is a concept, a very, very um, elementary concept that will make a child <laughs> want to go to Jannah. And I can tell you that from, from personal experience. Um, every child has some something they wish for, you know, that maybe they can't have in this life. Tell that child, you know, in Jannah, inshallah, you'll have those things. That child will want to go to Jannah. And, and, and as that child grows will always remember that there's this place, right, where I can have whatever I want. And it isn't Chuck E. Cheese and, you know, it's it's not Disneyland, but it's something so much greater. Uh, that's how we, we really build that attachment in our children to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's something that grows and remains in the child. Um, unlike, you know, the concept of, of just trying to scare your child into obeying unfortunately as the child grows they just oftentimes rebel um this you know the, the, there were these it, it's when it's not about love and it's just about chains you know and rules um, a lot of times the child, you know, becomes a teenager, becomes an adult, and now just wants to break out of that and just wants to rebel against all of it. And unfortunately, that's the trend we see. We need to change the way we're teaching our children in Sunday school and in Islamic school, uh, that, that, that this obedience to our creator is an obedience out of love. It is an obedience that is directly born out of love. When you love someone you naturally want to be close to them when you love someone you naturally want to please them and be and 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 do what they want you to do this is a natural feeling that we have even towards human beings uh and so a child will be able to you know that as that person grows um will naturally have that that desire to please if they really really love allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they desire jannah uh, that's really such an important aspect that i think Uh, we need to really focus on in in the way in which we educate our children about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So thank you for sharing your story. And uh, I think there's a lot of people who can relate to that type of, um, you know, that that type of upbringing. And and we need to really make a change, inshallah, in in, in how we uh, conceive of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and of his deen. This person shares that my turning point was when my businesses were doing badly. I gave them up because they were haram. I did it for fifteen years Astaghfirullah. I had nothing left but I turned to Allah and begged to make me a true slave. In one year I went for Umrah, came back, and now work for an Islamic charity serving others. Allahu Akbar, that's a beautiful story. Uh we this is um a real life example of, of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us. Um, Whoever has fear of God, who has that um consciousness of God and and and, and uh, obeying him and staying away from those things that he prohibits, whoever has taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah says that we will make for him a way out. And we will provide for him from places that he never imagined. These are words of the creator, so they're not just cliches, right? <laughs> Allah speaks a word, Allah means it, right. Allah always keeps his promises. Allah is saying that if you really, really fear him, and you do what is right, even if it means giving up a business which is displeasing to him or giving up a relationship which is displeasing to him any time you do that, um out of fear of God and out of love of God. Allah will make a way out for you and then on top of it will provide you from places you never imagined. Allah will not only get you out of that bad situation, help you to you know, to make, a, make an opening out of it, but will also provide for you and from places you never could have thought. Uh, this is the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah always, always keeps his promises. Someone writes, "I am worried about not finding a righteous husband, knowing that I never had relationship with guys, as I believe that such relationships should be through marriage and nothing else. How can I kill such worries? Uh, this is a worry a lot of people have, just like people worry about you know how are they going to provide for their families or how are they going to um, you know keep keep a, a roof over their heads? Uh, this is another form of risk um, our our children our our spouses. These are also considered risk from Allah provision. Um, and the way to kill the worry is through Iman. You know, um, the opposite of Iman is this anxiety and this worry. Iman is when you, you know, you, you have that faith but you have that security. You know that Allah is the one who provides. The only way to to reduce or kill the anxiety and the worry about your provision is to see al-razaq so the only you know the only way that you're going to um kill the fear uh or the worry about your risk is to see the, the ar razak if you see the provider you're not going to worry about the provision if you really know that allah is the provider and you focus on that if you and when i say see i mean that your heart sees him that your heart knows him that your heart realizes that Allah is the source and Allah is the provider. If you if you see the provider, you're never going to be worried about the provision. And if you know, and you know that your spouse is a form of provision, your money is a form of provision, your health is a form of provision, Allah is the source. If you seek the source, you never worry about it. Uh, so it, it, it really has to do with uh, tawheed. It has to do with this um, focus of the heart, knowing where um, everything comes from, uh, again, the concept of Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi Everything comes from Allah our children, our spouses, uh, our money, our provision, all of it comes from Allah and all of it returns to Allah. So you seek it from Him, and that's key. It's very important that you realize that none of these things come from the creation. Your money doesn't come from the creation. Your career, your job, your spouse, your children, your health none of it comes from the creation. Uh, and so you make sure that you're not seeking these things from the creation But you seek it from the source Does that mean you can't seek the help of the creation? No The, the creation of course Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made these things as as means uh, And asbab are things that we use For example um, I have a headache I take a Tylenol right? Um, that's a means That's a tool that Allah has created I'm hungry I eat an apple uh, you know, those are things that we use to fill our hunger or, or we use the medicine to take away the pain. But ultimately we know that Allah is the one who cures and Allah is the one who feeds. Uh, we can use these these tools and we can engage in the means, but it's very important to understand the source and to know where the source is uh, of the spouse that you want. So ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, make dua, realize Allah is the source and ultimately also know this that Allah wants what's best for you. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses not to send you exactly what you're asking for in the form that you're asking for, know that Allah has something better for you. And that's very important, that trust has to be there. You have to have that that level of trust with Allah, that if Allah is withholding something from you, it is for your own good. Um, It's in your best interest. Allah only has your best interest in mind. So have that trust in Him. Ask Him for what you want, but know that Allah always has your best interest in mind, even if the result isn't exactly how we ask we have firm faith that it's what is best for us an qulin hawliha wa astaghfirullahi Lali lakum innahu ghafurur rahim subhanak allah wa bihamdik nashhadu la ilaha ant nastaghfiruka natubu ilaik wa assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa
1: barakatuh